Hello, and welcome to Living Fit with your hosts, James and Karen Roberts, personal trainers, life coaches, and motivational speakers. This program promotes good health through nutrition and physical activity. If you are interested in starting a personal fitness training program, please contact either Karen Roberts at 336-202-2313 or James Roberts at 336-707-7719. You can also contact them at Facebook at livingfit.com.co. Please consult your medical doctor before starting any exercise program or nutritional plan. And now, here's James and Karen. Today I want to talk about arthritis because the Center for Disease Control has reported between 2013 and 2015 approximately 22.7 or 54.4 million U.S. adults were told that they have some form of arthritis, whether it's rheumatoid, gout, lupus, or fibromyalgia. And that figure is expected to be at 63 million by 2020. So what is arthritis? Well, our bodies are designed to protect itself. Um, Inflammation in our bodies is a normal function that uh, protects us from infection and foreign substances such as bacteria and viruses. Um, However, arthritis occurs when the body triggers inflammation when there are no foreign substances in our bodies to fight off. And we call this autoimmune disease, which damages the body, causing pain, swelling, and stiffness. Arthritis primarily comes from the foods that we eat. So if we can control the types of foods we eat, we can control whether or not we get arthritis. And on the other hand, if we continue to eat bad, we will continue to suffer. Now, yes, there are plenty of drugs on the market um, to make you feel better and make you look better, but ultimately there is no cure for um, arthritis. Um, And because once the medication wears off, the pain returns. Now, you can actually reduce the symptoms and even eliminate all traces of arthritis just by eating the right foods. Some examples are whole grains. Oats and wheats offer fiber, essential vitamins, and minerals, and the fiber reduces inflammation. You also have green leafy vegetables like spinach and kale, which have anti-inflammatory properties. And then vitamin C, like citrus fruits and all, combat uh, inflammation as well. On the other hand, many people drink low-calorie drinks trying to lose weight, but uh, many of those drinks have sugar substitutes. And one of the main ones is aspartame, and that is um, widely known for triggering inflammation. Um, It is also suggested to stay away from gluten as it tends to ignite inflammation and also saturated fats like bacon, steak, and milk. These foods are notorious for um, inducing inflammation. Now, Isaiah Isaiah 55.2 says, Why spend your money on foods that do not give you strength? Why pay for foods that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest foods. So I just say let's stop wasting our money on non-nutritious foods and doctor's bills and begin investing in healing ourselves by buying healthy foods, relying less on medications that we know have detrimental side effects. And thank you so much. Um, for listening and I hope this has been a blessing for you or someone that you know 
um, please feel free to share the information and please don't forget to tune in to Living Fit with Karen and James Roberts today at 11 a.m. on WLJF 100.7 FM. Thank you, Karen, for that great fit tip. Thank you for being here today. We're glad to be here to help you, hopefully, on a journey to excellent health. Uh, You decide what's going to be best for you. 2 John 1.8 says, Watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. The reward I want is a good, long, healthy life, and I hope that's what you want too. God's Word is something precious to us, and we should live our lives as if we belongs to God. Uh, there's nothing more difficult and therefore more precious than to be able to decide. Having good medical care is priceless, but wouldn't it be great if we didn't need any more doctors? Well, did you know there's a proven way to put a lot of doctors out of work? It really comes down to how much you take care of your body. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is good news. We should be living our lives as as, as Christ's life. 1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul says, But I discipline my body. And bring it under subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should not be disqualified. I don't want anybody saying that I can't live this life that God has so given me through his dear son. We know that scientists have already sounded the alarm about how cholesterol, tobacco, stress, obesity, and alcohol. So why do we press our luck? It's clear to me that God truly cares of how we treat our bodies, and He's given us a free health plan to go by His Word, the Bible. Jesus say, says that He wants us to have life and that we can have it more abundantly. We can have a health and a longer life. Proverbs 9, 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. And that's what I hope that you all take from this, that we teach you how to bring your body under subjection and make it something that you can be proud to give back to God. The Bible tells us that we are his temple, and this should excite us to learn as much about what we can do to keep the information we need to succeed in any area of our lives, and yes, even our health. People ask, is there health principles really that are part of a true believer's lives in the Word of God? And we all know these verses. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers, 3 John 1, 2.
So I think the answer is always yes. If we read scripture correctly, the Bible rates health right near the top of the list of importance. A person's mind, spiritual nature, and body are all interrelated and interdependent. We have to know that what affects one affects the other. If the body is misused, the mind and the spiritual nature cannot become what God planned they should be. And you won't be able to live an abundant life according to what John 10.10 says. So why did God give us health principles for his people to live by? In Deuteronomy 6.24, the Lord commanded us to observe all statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive. The reason why God wants us healthy and well, because he wants to preserve us alive, we are his witnesses in the earth. In Exodus 23.25, it says, You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sicknesses away from the midst of you. God has promised in his word that when we serve him, he blesses our bread and our water, the food that he provides for us, not the ones that we pick up and use for ourselves that we know are harmful for us. So the answer is always God gave health principles because he knows what is best for the human body. Every car I bought had a manufacturer's manual in the glove compartment. Each of these new cars, because of the person who made that vehicle, who created that vehicle, knew what it needed in order to keep running at the best And so if I don't follow the instruction of the manufacturer, then I always fail to do what is right and keep that automobile, and in this case, my body, operating at optimal. So stands to reason that God, who made our bodies, also has an operation manual which we can use his word to live by. And ignoring God's operation manual often is going to result in diseases, twisted thinking, burnt out lives, just as abusing our cars can result in serious trouble. Not doing what God has told us to do is going to cause us problems. It's very important to know what God has said about keeping ourselves healthy and to follow those. Because following God's principles results in saving help. Sick, uh, Psalm 67, verse 2. And more abundant life, John 10, 10. With our cooperation, God can use these great health principles to significantly reduce and eliminate the effects of diseases of Satan. The Bible tells us that he goes around uh, seeking who he might devour. So in the New Living Translation, it's let all that 
uh, I am. Praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. So we ask these questions. Does God's health principles have anything to do with what we're eating and drinking? And we know that it has to be true. If God tells us that that other things are harmful to us, we know that he told in the garden what we should be doing. The, The answer is again, yes, a believer in the Lord Jesus will even eat and drink differently. As Paul had already said, he brings his your body into subjection, and you 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 discipline your body. All the glory will go to God, though, choosing only what is good. If God says a thing is not fit to eat, He must have had a reason for saying it. Even if we say things have changed, why would God tell us that something was harmful to us and then change his mind later down the road? I don't believe that to be true, and neither should you. He is not a harsh dictator, no, uh, but a loving father. And a loving father would never give his children something that he felt was harmful to them. All his counsels is for our good, always. The Bible promises no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And just because you think that it's good tasting or it makes you feel better, that doesn't mean that you can eat it. Psalms, uh, according to Psalms 84.11, God does not hold things from us. So if God withholds a thing from us, it has to be because it's not good for us. Now here, what I'm not saying as much as what I am saying, no person can eat his way or her way to heaven. Only acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior can do that. But ignoring God's health principles, however, might cause a person to lose his good judgment and fall into sin, even to the point of not keeping God's commandments and statutes. So why don't we take a look at what did God give us the people to eat when he created us in a perfect environment? God said, see, I have given you every herb and uh, that yields seed, every tree whose fruit yields seed, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. In Genesis 129 uh, and 2.16. So we can say that God gave us food that would be helpful. So don't say that you don't know what God says about what to eat. The diet God gave people in the beginning was fruits, grains, nuts, and in Genesis 3.18 he included vegetables And for us to work gardens and to till the land and to keep these things as food for ours. I'm not going to argue with anyone who wants to continue to do what they please to do. But we will talk about what just 
what items are specifically mentioned by God as being unclean and forbidden because we can easily see these do affect our health today. In Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, God points out the following food groups as unclean. I know this is under the law, but please read both chapters in full when you have the time and make up your own mind, even trying to eliminate these things and to see what if it does improve your health. All animals that do not chew the cud and have a split hoof, Deuteronomy 14.6. All fish and water creatures that do not have both fins and scales, Deuteronomy 14.9. Nearly all fish are clean. All birds of prey, uh, uh, carrion eaters and fish eaters, Leviticus 11.13-19. Most creeping things are invertebrates, uh, Leviticus 11.21 through verses 44. I can't read them all because I don't have the time. But these chapters clarify that most animals, birds, and water creatures people ordinarily eat are clean. And therefore, however, some notable exceptions according to God's rules, the following animals are unclean and are not to be eaten. You don't eat cats, you don't eat dogs, horses, camels, eagles, vultures, hogs, squirrels, rabbits, catfish, eels, lobsters, clams, crabs, shrimp, uh, uh, oysters, frogs, and some others. But I know some of you eat these foods and you think, well, there's nothing wrong. But you have been to your physicians. You know that there's a problem there. Now, my job as a nutrition coach is to help you make good choices, and I am not going to be preaching a sermon on what sends anybody to eternal separation from God. People, of course, would like to know if a person likes to eat pork, is it really that bad? Will it destroy uh, our relationship with God? All of our questions should be answered by what God says, not what we wish someone could teach us about our philosophy or our thinking. Isaiah 66, 15-17 says, Behold, the Lord will come with fire, and by his sword the Lord will judge all flesh, and the slain of the Lord shall be many. Those who sanctify themselves and purify themselves, eating swines, flesh, and the abomination, and the mouse shall be consumed together. This is a good place to make up your own mind about what you think God is saying here. This may be shocking, but it is in Scripture and must be told. The Bible says that anyone who eats swine, flesh, and other unclean things that are an abomination will be destroyed at the second coming of the Lord. When God says to leave something alone and not eat it, we should by all means obey Him. 
After all, the eating of the forbidden fruit by Adam and Eve brought sin and death to the world in the first place. So we know that eating things can lead to a bad situation. Can anyone say it doesn't matter? God says people will be destroyed because they chose that in which I do not delight, Isaiah 66, 4. Again, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. You have to decide. That's the reason why I said what I said in the beginning. But didn't the law of clean and unclean animals originate with Moses, a lot of people ask. Wasn't it for the Jews only? And didn't it end at the cross? I always tell people to ask God. He is not hiding anything from us that will keep us well. The Lord said to Noah, Take with you seven of each of every clean animal, two each of animals that are unclean in Genesis 7, 1, and 2. So, no on all points. Noah lived long before any Jews existed, but he knew of clean and unclean animals because he took into the ark the clean ones by seven and the unclean ones by twos. Revelation 18.2 refers to some birds as being unclean just before the second coming of Christ. The death of Christ did not in any way affect or change these principles. Since the Bible says that all who break these will be destroyed when Jesus returns, Isaiah 66, 15-17. The Jews' digestive system is in no way different than us as Gentiles' digestive system. These health principles are for all people for all time. My health is more important to me than what I think about what I want to eat and risking my health in the process and debating whether I can eat it as a meal. If that's what you want to base your faith on, what you can eat and what you can't eat, then I don't know that you really have the relationship you have with God. Because again, the life I, I was crucified with Christ. And it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We often get down on something and give a pass to what we want to do. Like, does the Bible say anything about the use of alcohol, alcoholic beverages? And it does. Wine is a mocker, strong drink, a brawler. And whatever is led astray by it is not wise. Proverbs 20 and 1. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around uh, smoothly. At the last, it bites like serpents and stings like a viper. Proverbs 23, verses 31 and 32. It tells us that neither fornicators nor drunkards will inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10. So yes, the Bible strongly warns against the use of alcoholic beverages. And it also warns us about other substances, you know, like uh, 
tobacco, and drugs. The Bible gives six reasons why the use of harmful substances such as tobacco or other things are displeasing to God. The use of harmful substances injures our health and defiles our bodies. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says, Do you not know that your body, that you, that you are the temple of God and that your, the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So God has a reason for us doing this. And nicotine is an addictive substance, just as much as, as food, that enslaves people. Romans 6.16 says that we become servants to whom or whatever we yield ourselves to. And tobacco users are slaves to nicotine. Drug users are uh, uh, slaves to drugs and alcohol. And food-addicted people are slaves to the foods that they enjoy. You shall worship the Lord your God and Him only. You shall serve in Matthew 4.10. The tobacco habit is unclean. Come out from among them and separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the un, uh, what is unclean, and I will receive you. 2 Corinthians 6.17. Isn't it uh, preposterous to think of Christ using anything that are doing things that would be harmful to himself? The use of harmful substances waste our money too. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? Isaiah 55 two. We are God's stewards of the money he's given us and it requires that stewards that they be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4 two. The use of harmful substances are eating the wrong foods weakens our ability to discern the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And that's the reason why we argue these points. People like to do what they like to do. Abstain from, from uh, fleshly lusts, which wars against the soul, 1 Peter 2.11 says. The use of harmful things that keep us sick and makes us lust after them, like sugar, like uh, oils, these things are because we enjoy them. For the use of harmful substances will shorten our lives. Scientists have confirmed that the use of tobacco, eating poorly, is going to cause us to be sick. Even though it's, it's a slow murder, it is still one of the best ways for us to if we can get rid of these, to postpone our, uh, our, our deaths. So we can take some simple steps to eat better, live better, think about what we do. Again, you can think on these verses. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for but may win a full reward. I think that living a good long life is a good reward. And for me to take and abuse my body 
putting food in, on, or around myself or in my children that I know that eventually will cause them harm is a disservice to what God has seen. Nothing is more difficult, I know, and therefore more precious than to be able to decide. And we need to decide whether we're going to do what God says or what we say. Again, Paul says, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Karen, I appreciate you listening each week, and I hope that we're saying something here that you can understand that all we want is for you to be healthy. And if you keep making the wrong mistakes, there's no way you can do that. We are sick, and the only way to not be sick is to do the right thing. We appreciate people listening. We appreciate people coming and desiring for better health. Keep living fit and doing what matters. We'll see you next time. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Living Fit. Please consult a physician or fitness professional before beginning any activity if you are under their care. If you would like to contact James or Karen, you can do so through the website, Facebook at livingfit.com.co or call. Until next time, keep living fit and do what matters. Thank you.